Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Lodestar's Lending Leaders. We have a special guest, um, my friend, Marsha O'Connor, fellow Philly-based entrepreneur and CEO and founder of the O'Connor Group, uh, talent acquisition and human resource service provider. Uh, she's going to describe that a lot better than I am. Um, she's also president of um, the Philadelphia chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization, um, one that I'm involved with newly and highly recommend any other entrepreneurs out there to get involved as well. Um, meet a lot of great people and uh, learn a lot to improve your business. So Marsha, thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks, Jim, for having me. So we'd love to, you know, I think hiring and kind of dealing with people problems is the crux of really any business. I, I always like the term business would be easy if it wasn't for people and employees and clients. Um, and, you know, that that is just pretty much never the case. So tell us a little bit about how you work with people on those problems, how you started the O'Connor Group, kind of the, the challenges you had to get where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we started it almost 14 years ago and mm -hmm. started it with an idea of just doing recruiting. And mm -hmm. then we morphed into an HR side of the house as well. I think the idea is we work with a lot of companies that are probably for the HR 100 employees or less. A lot mm -hmm. of them don't usually have a very strong HR infrastructure. And we help them put that all together so that they can have a, you know, a smooth sailing process with regards to HR. And mm -hmm. that means like your HRIS system, your employee relations, your benefits, your handbook, the whole, mm -hmm. the whole gambit. And we've been very mm -hmm. fortunate. So we work with uh, manufacturing companies, professional services, um, yeah. uh, life sciences and technology. And those are my four main buckets that we have. And we're all over the country. We're not just here mm -hmm. in Inger Prussia, but I would say we have employees all over the country as well as clients down all over the country. And we also um, do some clients overseas. We have some clients in Germany, Italy, um, and in Asia. So pretty wow. cool. So you get to deal with all types of HR rules and regulations, I'm sure. Oh my God. Each country has mm -hmm. its own... Um, plethora mm -hmm. of regulations, especially when mm -hmm. you go overseas. And now we're finding like each state is getting a little bit more intricate now too. Mm -hmm. So you really need to make sure you know, if you're going to go to other mm -hmm. states to have employees, you better know those mm -hmm. laws for your handbooks. Mm -hmm. So is there typically an event where a business says, Marsha, I need you. Do they have a funding round and need to hire a lot of people? Do they have an employee sue them? Um, do they want to implement benefits? Like, well, at what point are they you know, kind of crying uncle, because I'm pretty close on my HR side. So asking for a friend here. <laughs> well, there's usually three different ways. Um, mm -hmm. One of them is that they get very, they'll say to me that they're very frustrated with their HR yeah. right now, and they just don't know how to get it fixed. And we'll come in and do an HR assessment, not mm -hmm. there to hurt the HR, but to help the HR to figure out what's going well, what's not going well, and how can we help them get better. Um, mm -hmm. Number two is regards to they have no HR. They have like five people doing this and that. This person does this, and then it goes to this person. There's really no control factor happening. So we mm -hmm. help put a control uh, emphasis together. And then lastly, it's really coming into, hey, my person left. And, um, you know, I need to fill that role. So those are the three areas we try to get into um, on the HR side of the house. And it really, the HR assessment is probably going to be the biggest indicator for us as to, like, what to really focus on first. But mm -hmm. sometimes they're better off than they think they are. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, they don't really have that relationship with their HR like they really should. I think right. your CFO and your HR used to be at the hip with both of them because mm -hmm. one's managing your people, one's managing yeah. your money. So you better know them very, very well and trust them. Or in some cases, if you're a founder, you're just both of those things combined. Yes. Too. 
of everything else. So you can't wear too many hats, Jim, because I, I do um, EOS. I'm an EOS company. And mm-hmm. one of the things I found out is I was wearing like five hats. Yeah. And, and, you know, my coach said to me, he's like, well, do you want to want it? Do you want to run this company? Or do you want to constantly be in the weeds of this company? And I said, I want to run the company. He yeah. said, well, then you're going to have to hire this person and this person, this person. I said, okay. And so I now have a director of sales and marketing. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to have a, my HR, my own internal HR manager. Um, mm-hmm. I have outsourced my accounting. So I truly just focus now on running the company. I remember when we talked previously, you talked about the importance of letting go of accounting because you are an accountant by education and really, you know, trusted yourself and liked doing that part of, of the job. But, it, you know, for your business to grow, you know, you, you have to let go of that, unfortunately, sometimes. You do. And it's hard. And, and you know, right now I'm at almost 60 people. And I think it's really hard is I have clients that are uh, coming in and I've never met them. I mean, my team has taken care of all of that. And that's when you sort of like, you feel like you're losing control, but you're not. It's just basically um, indicator of how you welcome to be in a mid-sized company now. Right. Mm-hmm. All those, those growing pains. Yes. Yeah. Things they don't tell you when you first start out, by the way. So no, exactly. Your job's just going to change every couple of years. So yep. get excited for it. And exactly. It I always, my wife always asked me if I'm spending time dealing with, um, you know, picking a vendor for, cleaning services or dealing with a copier or something of that. She's like, wait, is that what running a business is like? I'm like, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. So um there's a lot of um information out there about being resignation season right now and the hiring environment really changing a lot. What have you you've seen um you know over the last few months specifically of are things really different um, when companies are going to hire? Is you know, we are we entering the golden age of employee empowerment? You know, I think there's always been that engagement of employee empowerment, and that's been mm-hmm. happening for a couple of years before COVID. Mm-hmm. I think you're talking about the great resignation, and mm-hmm. I think it was coming more into effect because people were required to come back into the office after Labor mm-hmm. Day. I think that has changed a little bit right now because mm. of this new Delta factor that's going around. Mm. And I think people are being a little bit more lenient of saying, hey, we're going to be more into that hybrid factor instead mm. of coming in the office. There are a few that are still making them come into the office, um, mm. but I think they're more lenient of saying, okay, we'll work with you. The great resignation was going to come in as to like, no, I need you in the office, no mm. exception. And if they're still not comfortable coming in, that you got to keep in mind right now, there are five jobs open per each person, five jobs. Mm-hmm. And so they have their plethora to pick upon for every one applicant. For, yes. Wow. Yes. And mm-hmm. so they're, they're in that seat. We lost yeah. a lot of women in the workforce last year. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of people that were six years old and started retiring last year. So mm-hmm. you have a lot of people that was in the workforce right. that are no longer in the workforce. Right. And unfortunately not to mention the you know, 400 or 600,000 people who died from COVID yes. too, many of whom were in the workforce. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So you have a lot of factors and it doesn't help. We have unemployment, you know, they're still getting that $300 an extra a week check until the end of September. Mm-hmm. And last year they got 600. Now I'm not saying people didn't deserve that and need that. There are some people right. absolutely. Well, then there are other people that are turning down jobs right now because they say, I'm getting more money on employment. I'm willing to take that risk if right. you let me go. And that's mm-hmm. what they're doing. And so it's been really mm-hmm. hard, but that runs out. And so I think you're going to have some resignation absolutely in the fall. You got to have a lot more patience. Um, but I think you want to make sure that you're talking to your staff now. Like we do stay interviews and stay mm-hmm. interviews basically are saying like, how are you? 
what's working well, what skills that you think you have, we're not using, what Mm -hmm. training were you looking for that we haven't had is communication good. You know, they've been very helpful to us because my operation manager, she does them with everybody. And then she provides the results to my leadership team, invaluable information, invaluable, Mm -hmm. but do that now. It's much easier to do a stay interview than an exit interview. Yep. I had a conversation with a client yesterday and the mortgage industry throughout the pandemic has been thriving. Uh, mainly due to low interest rates. And he was, we were talking about his, his sales staff, his loan officers. And he basically said, any of these loan officers could leave the company in a second. So yes. I am not going to do anything to um, step on their toes, right? Yeah. He's so afraid of anyone leaving that he doesn't want to touch that. And um, we were having a conversation um, and with an employee and she was saying, oh, does he not trust his loan officers? And I said, I just don't think he wants them to know that he doesn't trust them. Right. Anything else. But it's it's interesting to see. Um, I don't know if you're seeing it differently in companies like the mortgage industry where it's there has been a lot of success. So now people have more opportunities, but people are also burnt out. Have you seen changes in you know the the areas that have been able to thrive during the COVID period? There's been several that have th- yeah. uh, thrived, and a lot of them, a lot of marketing firms have thrived. Yeah. You know, because of being online and using that yeah. digital technology side of the house. Um, you know, I have a lot of suppliers out there that, you know, for products and all, they've thrived, especially if they had a digital e-commerce platform. Um, you know, and some of the restaurants, some some restaurants, because they converted quickly for like that takeout mentality, have done phenomenal. You mm-hmm. know, and they because they have now the outdoor uh, seating and now they have the indoor and the outdoor they got double capacity. So the hardest part for them is just finding people right now. So mm-hmm. it's really been all those different areas that have done mm-hmm. phenomenally well. Life sciences, you wouldn't even think COVID happened because life sciences, right. nothing stopped. It kept moving fast mm-hmm. forward ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And um, I've seen on our end, you know, six months ago, a year ago, hire, it was a great time to hire because yep. there was, I would have applications, too many to know what to do with in the next couple of days. And for me, it was always kind of a sobering moment because it was when you really felt what the pandemic was like um, when you saw how many people were looking for jobs. Yeah. Um, and last week we put on a job, we put up a job and it was a 10th of what we had before. Yeah. Um, what advice do you have for folks who are trying to hire positions right now? You had mentioned patients before. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's also, you, you're taught, if you're in the Northeast side of the house right now, um, you have August, aka yeah. Beach Shore Month, okay? And everybody's trying to, to like squeeze out those last few weeks of summer and take as much vacation as they possibly can. And people just are not responding right now. And we have some clients that want to start working with us. And I'll tell them like, listen, let's wait for like two more weeks before we get started because you'll get a bigger response rate literally the day after Labor Day. And mm-hmm. people are like, okay, back to gear. The kids are back in school. Right. It's time for me to figure out what I want to do here you'll get more resolve. Mm-hmm. It's every year like this. I tell people September 15th and January 15th, like everything goes yeah. off again and it gets really mm-hmm. crazy. I already told my team, I'm like, okay, get ready for the tsunami because it's yep. coming. It's about three weeks away. And I said, so just if you, you know, if you have a slow week right now, I don't think we're not slow by far, but I'm saying, mm-hmm. Hey, don't, don't kill yourself right now because right. that time's coming in a few weeks. And that so tsunami will be more like the perfect storm with retirement benefits yep. or unemployment benefits rather going out as well. So now you have those folks starting to look for jobs in addition to kind of just the the seasonality of it. Oh yeah. And people don't want to deal with the application system online too, because some of their application systems are so, um, 
outdated, shall I say, and they're so afraid that they're not going to get a response. So a lot more people are using LinkedIn. They're using Indeed um, yeah. to find their stuff. I tell people all the time, is your LinkedIn isn't updated, they're not going to reach out to you and call you. Yeah. I said, recruiters are finding their people 95% of the time through LinkedIn. So keep it updated if you're looking. We've had our best luck firing, hiring people through kind of our network, whether it be yeah. a, a LinkedIn post, honestly, half the time yields, oh, I know this person or I thought of you and send them along this way. I have clients, you know, sending me their niece's resume or something like that. So yeah. it's always nice to be able to use that network too. And it shows you which of your clients really like you, I guess, too, which is always good. If I make it a big deal of your company, so if people, mm-hmm. if an employee referral bonus program isn't one mm-hmm. of your top three sources for your employees, you're doing mm-hmm. something wrong. Yeah. And so you want to make sure that I have a client of mine, they're in the accounting world, their employee referral bonus is $7,000. And I'll send you like, that's amazing. And I say, you know, mine's a thousand, but we also, yeah. we're, we're about to put out their like blue diamond specials, meaning, right. um, you know, for this time period, Whoever submits a person within these two weeks, yeah. I'm going to double that and we're going to pay it faster for you because we need mm-hmm. people really badly right now. And mm-hmm. that does mean if you do those little incentives before the holidays, it does incentivize them to basically stop, stop, think, and really help you out with that. But it's the we first six that, months. We, yep. We rolled something similar about getting great employees through employee referrals. Um, ours is 1500 And then we also... Um, I was on a company call yet last week and asked people if they knew anyone got a couple of resumes in. Um, so it's, it's really helpful. And honestly, even $7,000 may sound ridiculous to some people, but you, you know, the price of a recruiter is going to be more than that. So you're, oh. you're, you're saving a lot of money. You're incentivizing your employees. Yeah. Um, you're bringing in someone who, you know, has a tie to the group. Um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a really smart thing to do. Oh, yeah. And people like to work with people that they know yeah. and that they trust. And that helps an awful lot. But make a big deal of it. Like, let people know, like, hey, thanks yeah. to this person, this person, this person, and all that did a great job of putting mm-hmm. some people into us. Because if you don't keep it a big noise and all out there, yeah. we do that with our town halls. And we let people know, like, this this quarter, thank you yeah. so much to Tom, Dick, and Harry. You know, mm-hmm. they've su- supplied these individuals to us. So yeah. you got to make it a big deal. Mm-hmm. So for folks on the other side of the coin that are job seekers right yep. now, looking for jobs, what would you recommend? Um, whether you have a job and you're trying to switch right now um, or, you know, unemployed. You got to figure out what you want first. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of times people will be like, oh, let's try it. And then here's what happens. And if you're really good, there someone's going to pluck you pretty fast and give you an offer mm-hmm. really fast. Were you ready for that? Yeah. And the bad thing is sometimes like, oh, I didn't expect this to happen so quick and yada, yada. Mm. Well, you're sort of stuck. And then sometimes you make decisions really fast and and without thinking it through. So Mm. really have a plan of action. You know, it's a funny fact, Jim, more Mm. people spend more time on their vacation plans than their career plans. And I laugh at that because I'm like, you spend way more time at your career than Mm. on your vacation. So why not spend the time on figuring out what you want to do, what companies you want to target, Fix up your LinkedIn, make sure somebody else can read your LinkedIn and make sure it makes sense to them. Have a really good picture, a professional picture on or not like all your friends on there, you know, and make sure that really has in there what you love to do. And so many of the LinkedIn's I see today are just they're blah. And you're sitting like, oh, my gosh, like you got to stand out here a little bit, guys, because people look at this stuff. Mm hmm. No, I pay a lot of attention to LinkedIn's and for, I mean, that's more of your, that's your living resume at the end of the day. People yep. have asked me for my resume 
I've been doing Glow Star for eight years. I don't have an updated resume. I just send them LinkedIn. I'm like, look at this. This has, you know, anything I'm up to. So we do same thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I have a new client and they want to see mm-hmm. one of my, my people's consultants resumes. Mm-hmm. I said, here's their LinkedIn profile because my team keeps that up to date. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I prefer to do it that way, but you got to mm-hmm. make sure that you have what yeah. you want in there and then, you know, mm-hmm. what you're really good at. And don't be afraid to let people know like the things that you love to do. Yeah. Um, too many people don't do enough of that. I always like that at the end of a resume right? somewhere, because honestly, I'm going to ask you about that because, yeah. you know, you spend a lot of time with people you work with yep. and it's important to, you know, know what you're going to talk about or, or kind of think of them as, as a person at the end of the day, because it just makes it more interesting. And, it, you know, I have an employee now, he's a um, aspiring science fiction writer. Wow. Right? Which is so cool. It's so yeah. neat. And it's just fun to ask him of like, oh, I'm reading this book or what about this? Or like, it's just you know, fun to like learn about people's different passions or, you know, what employee has a cat named Jon Snow or something like that. Like, it's just fun to learn, um, learn those things because it just makes it more interesting than just viewing, you know, people in, in their job at the end of the day. Yeah, so, because it doesn't, yeah. it comes down to like, I want someone to work here that understands the yeah. kind of mentality that we have here mm-hmm. and what we expect of each other. And you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. I'm not worried yeah. about that but I'm looking for basically the most hungry person in the room. Mm -hmm. So there's a a saying by the late comedian, George Carlin, that I really like, or that has resonated with me over the years is most people work just hard enough to not get fired and get paid just enough to not quit. Um, And I, unfortunately, I think there's some truth to that, but do you see it that way? And do you think employers can do more for that not to be the case with folks? I think they have to basically, I have, um, I hear a lot more stories now of employers mm. like just expecting, you know, well, they work for me, so they should do a good job. Yeah. I think that tide has changed where you really mm. have to treat them as individuals and as part of the team, almost like not saying it has to be family, but treat them with respect. And I think sometimes when at the top, they're so busy trying to run the company, they forgot where they started. And mm. I don't, a lot of people don't even know the names of their people or like know about their vacation. Or mm-hmm. I mean, I know the bigger the company you become, it gets harder to do that, but you got to mm-hmm. know your people and treat them with compassion and, and caring. Mm-hmm. Because once you start doing that, they treat your clients like that too. And mm-hmm. then it just gets, you know, my clients will call me like, your people are great. They take good care of us. And I'm like, well, I'm glad to hear that because mm-hmm. I like taking care of my people. So it's really, it's, it's this mm-hmm. interesting level that you have to do, but it sounds so simple, Jim, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just saying a thank you card to them to say, no. hey, you done a great job. Thank you so much. That means so much to them. And right. you don't think it does sometimes because you're so busy in everyday life. But stuff like that, you got to do. I don't care how big a company you become. You got to do those little pieces in there because if you don't do that, then your team won't do that. And then they become managers and they won't do that to their team. So it's one thing I've I've done, unfortunately, more and more, but to that personal touch is also, you know, the the non-happy milestones in people's lives too. recognizing that with a handwritten card or or something like that, I think is is important as well, because, you know, you just want them to feel um, like you're, you're viewing them as a real person, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's so important. And yeah. and just, um, you know, we had some people coming aboard and they just got married and I sent them a wedding card and, and yeah. they were like, that was so thoughtful. I said, yeah, but mm-hmm. you got married. Like it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, and that's who I want us to be. Right. So even if I'm not doing it, then one of my managers is saying, yeah. this person just happened. Do you mind if I send them a, a card or a gift? And I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. That's what we're about. And, um, and that's where they'll, they'll be that way mm-hmm. with our clients and hopefully with their family. Yeah. So that's, it says mm-hmm. a lot. 
I talked to someone once who um, he would, anytime he would hire someone, he would send flowers to their wife, right? Which I understand the sentiment. I do think it's a little bit old fashioned. What I've kind of done instead of that is I've sent a restaurant gift card yeah. or something in the area. So, you know, you and your significant other, you and your kids, you and whoever go out on the company. That's like first day, you know, especially now people are remote. I was like, Hey, I would take you out to lunch, but you don't want to talk with me anyway. So go out with your family. We did that for the, um, the holiday party. It's a big thing we have every year, but last year was, you know, we weren't going to have a holiday party. So we made these like big kits um, and we got everybody a gift card to Capitol Grill. Mm -hmm. And we know Capitol Grill has many locations. We made sure that they had a Capitol Grill near them. If not, Mm -hmm. we did like another, just like a visa card. But the Mm -hmm. idea was we had wine glasses in there. We had wine. We were Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, we can't, celebrate together so we're going to bring the celebration to you mm-hmm. and um yeah. and we had heard such great remarks out of it because um we thought of them we thought of their yeah. spouses um we made it fun exciting and saying hey we know we can't party together but we hope you can party and remember us mm-hmm. when you're out there having dinner on us you know and yeah. it was really pretty cool but this mm-hmm. year we're still so far meet in person um but a lot of people aren't because we have a lot of people um different states and so we're still going to send a pretty cool care package to those as well. Mm-hmm. One of the things that comes up a lot in this podcast when I'm talking about all sorts of stuff is very often the right thing to do is also the thing that's going to help your business, right? So like it's the right thing to do to value your employees, send them a gift, something like that. Honestly, the money that you're spending for something like that and the return that you get is through the roof. Too. Oh, yeah. So I, think, I think that's really important. Um, one thing kind of along this vein too, I wanted to talk about, um, I work in a very traditional, I, the mortgage industry is a very established industry. The average loan officer is, I think, probably over the age of 55. Wow. And then you have, you know, technology company like myself, you have younger folks coming into the industry, you know, dealing with those generational differences, I think is a lot, is a much bigger thing that's dealt with in this industry than some others. Um, so we'd love to hear your clients or companies you work with that have kind of had to deal with other things, you know, people of an older generation, how they feel about millennials and vice versa is inevitable, you know, that it's going to create conflicts at work. So have you seen companies have to navigate that? Um, you know what, I would say before COVID, I would hear about that more than I hear about it now. I mm. think now what I'm hearing on both sides is the mental health piece of it. And um, I'm also starting to see if companies don't really have a strong mental health capacity component that Mm -hmm. they're going to be missing out. Because if you don't have some kind of wellness or meditation from both sides of the house, now you're always going to get that thing of, you know, my generation sees the younger generation, they don't work as hard. They're not going to work weekends. You know, they're not going to put, they're, they're just a different breed. That's how they've been brought up. And we just need to get over that. You know, I, I wish I, I wish I'd have people work my, Hey, we have extra work. I want to do it for you. They just don't do that. And it's, yeah. you got to be okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. And that was the biggest generational gap between the yeah. both of them. But I think with COVID that has quieted that quite a bit. Um, but I do still see um, wellness, mental health, because I think yeah. a lot of my CEO friends are saying, oh, well, I'm, I'm reaching out to the older folks. And I'm like, no, no, you need to reach out to the younger folks as well. 
because the younger ones are having just a hard time as the older folks are right now with all of that. And that's why suicides are up significantly. Mm -hmm. And so you want to make sure you have things in play for your team to reach out, having a buddy system, somebody Mm -hmm. reaching out to somebody, calling them. I haven't heard from this person. It's been really quiet. A lot Mm -hmm. more seclusion going on on both sides. Right. And, um, and I think it's having them as buddies, I think is helpful right now too, because they're looking out for each other and Mm -hmm. they'll respect each other more too about what they bring to the table versus before it was like, you know, them against us. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, we were making the point before about the the things that companies do to value employees. And as someone who's a millennial, someone who graduated during the great recession, I think my generation saw a lot of companies that, you know, were viewed as not taking care of their employees that well. So I think that that idea of being a a company man, a company woman, um, you know, blood, sweat and tears for your company, be there for 20 plus years. I just don't think that's something that's an aspiration for us because we just haven't really seen that at the end of the day. I think we've seen companies, you know, not not really hold up the end of the bargain in some ways there. And that's probably part of why you and I saying that a company doing these types of benefits and things is so transformational and so different because many don't. So it's it's a shame and you know you hate to see you know the human toll of of mental health and things like that. It's just it's just absolutely heartbreaking. So if there's anything you can do to help support people, help get them help, you know, even just ask about how they're doing or anything like that, like it means a lot. You know, I had this um, mm-hmm. amazing mastermind about doing videos. So I was on videos mm-hmm. all the time and yeah. I'll be back on videos in September. I just needed a break. Yeah. Um, and ironically, you know, I started doing them to my team and doing text message videos. Mm-hmm. Hey, how are you? I wanted to say congratulations, yada, yada. The amount of response I had gotten from that gym was amazing. It was like, thanks for taking the time. It didn't cost me anything and it was maybe 30 seconds. And to mm-hmm. me, I said, that was just so impactful. So I plan on trying to do them at least once a quarter just mm-hmm. to say, hey, how you doing out there? Really appreciate what you've been doing, yada, yada. And people appreciate taking the time to do that versus mm-hmm. a phone call versus an email and uh, mm-hmm. because they see your face, you know? So those you send to employees, clients, both? Both. I send mm-hmm. to clients too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But more so my employees, because they really appreciate the, the feedback. And then they'll, they do the video themselves saying, thank you. I'm like, oh, that's oh. good. You're getting used to be on a video. That's good. Mm-hmm. So. And speaking of being on the video and being recorded, I know you've started a podcast um, or done a podcast. I forget exactly how long, and I've been on it recently um, too, but you know, how has that affected your business? How have you, how has that changed kind of your thoughts on podcasts, your thoughts on marketing? What's that journey been like? Yeah, I think it's like a continuing learning process there. We started mm-hmm. in January. The mm-hmm. idea is called Top 3. It's basically entrepreneurs sharing secrets and mistakes. And mm-hmm. it's listening to CEOs who have their journey. What worked well? What didn't go well? Um, you know, what would they not do again? What would they should have done next time? And it's mm-hmm. been great to hear about people's journeys. I just had Tom... Um, on there, Tom's another fellow EOer, and his whole journey about the car business. It was fascinating to hear his whole stuff. And now he's got three different locations. And he I mean, he had a really tough year because one of his places flooded out last year. And, you know, it was really tight on money. And, mm-hmm. it, but he made it, you know, and he, he persevered through that. His tenacity shown through. And um, you just have to be there because entrepreneurs out there, we're all struggling. We're all trying to figure out how to make it work in limited mm-hmm. funding, especially when you first get started. I tell people, like, if you can get through those first five years, I said, you got to, like, you know, put it back into the company, put it back in the company. Don't worry about the office. Don't worry about the car. Don't worry about all the marketing materials. 
focus on your product first yeah and your people mm-hmm. oh absolutely i i knew someone once who said yeah i'd start a company but only if i could like make like six figures to start yeah <laughs> like, okay this is not gonna happen <laughs> not happen that's fine most people don't but yeah it's just I think having that mindset. So um, to not completely steal then your concept, I'll only ask for your top one uh, business tip or mistake that you would give out. Um, you know what? I would say what I probably wouldn't have worried and waited so long. I started when I was 39 years old mm-hmm. and I look back now, I think I probably could have done it when I was earlier than that in my career. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I needed to have everything in place before I started mm-hmm. and I didn't. And I think it was more of that fear of jumping off the side of the ship and saying, you see this water down there, but you don't know what's below yeah. and you just jump and you mm-hmm. got to believe in yourself. And if you're a hard worker, your entire life, you're going to mm-hmm. be fine because yeah. it's the same work that I'm working now that I work for any other company. And I put mm-hmm. my sweat and tears into that as I do here. Um, right. and, and you'll make it do now you're going to have some bad clients. You're going to have some great clients mm-hmm. and you, you learn mm-hmm. from each one of them. You're going to have some yeah. bad employees. We all have. Um, mm-hmm. but you got to learn from that and say, okay, right. so next time that's not going to happen. I mean, just like if you work in a, another job, you're going to have bad managers, right? It's just yeah. the, the dealing with people aspect. Yeah. Bingo. Mm-hmm. You learn from it. And then if mm-hmm. you get so mad about it and, and you can't move on, you will yeah. never be an entrepreneur because we just have to live and learn every single day. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's a, a fantastic note to end on. Um, is there anything else you want to either promote or anything we, we missed kind of during the discussion here? No, but if anybody ever has any HR questions or whatever, just follow mm-hmm. us on TOCGRP.com. And, you know, we're here to help um, a lot of people. We have actually HR office hours starting again in September, which is a free one hour service mm-hmm. that we provide for free HR yeah. advice out there. And that was very successful during COVID mm-hmm. times. Uh, but, you know, the idea is to help others out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, any HR or recruiting questions, mm-hmm. let us know. Well, as the current uh, de-, de facto HR manager of my company, I'm probably going to have to talk to you at some point. So uh, excited for that down the road. And I tried not to not ask too many uh, personal questions at the top of the call. So no uh, worries. Excited to talk down the road. Uh, Marshall Connor, absolute blast. Thank you so much for having you on. Thanks Jim, for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Right. Have a good one. You too. Thank you for listening to Lodestar's Landing Leaders. I'd like to give a special thanks to Brian Rieger and Elena Gardner who help us create this podcast every week. Please remember to like and subscribe the podcast wherever you listen to it. It helps us a lot. Thanks. Talk to you next week.